the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bulls and even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. U.S. Chamber of Commerce says no more checks. The business group is calling for Washington to immediately stop paying out-of-work Americans an extra $300 a week in unemployment benefits, saying the boost in government aids giving some recipients less incentive to look for work. The chamber says the supplemental benefit, part of the Biden administration's efforts to support the pandemic-ravaged economy, results in about one in four recipients taking home more in unemployment pay than they earned when they were employed. Rhonda Rockstra reporting. Major U.S. energy pipeline forced to temporarily halt operations following a cybersecurity attack. Colonial Pipeline says the attack took place yesterday, also affected some information technology systems. company has hired a cybersecurity firm to investigate that attack. This is SRN News. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidi. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like uh, a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Heads up! Now that spring is here, your windshield may be exposed to a few more uh, hazards. So trust your repairs to Advantage Auto Glass. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed right the first time. You root for your home team, so why not trust your windshield to your hometown repair shop? Advantage Auto Glass. So give us a call today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Or if you call your agent or your claims line first, make sure you tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass and no one else. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. They took our gift. Well, didn't take, did they take a gerb or did you just not decide to get a gerb because you were getting a paycheck from the government? That's the question that people are asking. 
Brian and I were just talking, listening to uh, the Salem Radio News, <laughs> Salem Radio Network News at the top of the hour. In fact, I almost want to go pull that clip. Um, they usually post them, by the way. I'll uh, post them right after, uh, about 10 minutes after the hour. I almost want to go pull that uh, because this is exactly the story I'm hearing. Um, that, you know, one in four was the number cited in the, in the story at the top of the hour. One in four workers are making, according to a ch- Chamber of Commerce study, are making more money being on the sidelines and receiving that unemployment check than they would be otherwise. Now, it depends. Okay, I was trying to do this illustration uh, for, with a, with a colleague uh, not terribly long ago, or a couple of, couple of other economists here in Minnesota. In Minnesota, you can receive one half of your pre-layoff wage. That's your state benefit, and it lasts a certain number of weeks, normally 26 weeks, with, uh, with, with, a, declara- with a law passed uh, that it could get extended. And then there are federal benefits that can go on top of it. When, when we were, t- okay, so typically what they do is provide you the replacement wage as a percentage of your old wage. Which works because it basically says, says, look, if you're making $12 an hour as a line cook at a local, at a local restaurant, we're going to give you, and let's say you work 30 hours a week. We're going to give you $6 an hour for the, your usual 30 hours. So that's $180 if I'm doing the math in my head right. We're going to give you unemployment insurance of, uh, payments of 180 bucks a week so that when the restaurant calls back and says, we could have you back, but maybe it's going to be 20 to 25 hours a week. Now they're offering you 240 maybe even $270 versus the 180 you might go back, you might not go back. That's fine. But suppose now you're making, you, you are working 12 bucks an hour, you know, as a line cook at the local, at, at a nearby restaurant. And the federal government passes the $300 bill and says, you're going to get 180, you're going to get $180 from the state, but you're now also going to get $300. Not, not set by what the wage was you had before, but it's 300 bucks a week, regardless if you made $12 an hour or $120 an hour. You're getting 300 bucks. Now, when the federal government comes back, and, or, excuse me, when the, when the restaurant calls back and says, we could bring you back for 25 hours a week, okay, at $12 an hour, that's 300 bucks. And you're going, wait, I'm going to, if I don't come back, I can get $180 a week from the state, and I can get 300 bucks from the feds. So that's 480 bucks versus your 300 No, I don't want to come back. Now, in, in the old days, the pre-pandemic days, your refusal to go back to work disqualified you for unemployment insurance. But go back and think about what we were trying to do a year ago. We didn't want you to go back to work. Why? Because you're not just a potential victim of the virus. You're a vector of the virus. You have the possibility of, of, of spreading the virus to others. And because you can be both a vector as well as a victim, the federal government, and I think with justification, Paid you to stay home and not accept your employer's offer to come back to work. Indeed, they paid you so much they gave you six hundred bucks a week up through July of 2020. It wasn't unemployment insurance. It was. It was. Your new job is to stay home. Here's six hundred bucks. See you next week. Wasn't a stimulus check. They bought you out of your job. So if you, you know, if you go back to the South Park, they took your, 
took our gerbs? They did. They took your gerbs because they didn't want you to go to work because if you went to work, you might spread the virus. Very possibly. Fast forward 10 months, the virus is not in a wave right now. We have a far better understanding of what's there. Vaccines are so prevalent you can go you can just walk into a walk into a CVS and get it and get a shot. You can get some if you want some. It's very different. Should should we be paying people to stay home? No, I I agree with those who say that this is a bad idea. But to say that this unemployment this unemployment uh, uh, report, this employment report, would have shown millions of jobs being created if only we removed unemployment insurance, is an oversimplification. The story is more complicated than that. I have workers who have received vaccine but are still hesitant to come back to work. Now, in our case, it's not a matter of us paying them unemployment. They're employed. We're just having them in a work-from-home setting. I believe, as, as a single person who is a manager of people, that my people are more productive when they're actually physically present with each other. That there are things that happen when you are... I, I use this word advisedly because it's a, it's a word that will will evoke a, a, a religious experience for you, or even a sacrament, when people are in communion with each other, when they are joined together in at work, they are able to produce things that they can't do in a mediated environment on a Zoom or Teams call. That, in my enterprise, in, in producing teaching and producing research and producing in producing uh, advising for my students I think it's important to have people together it in the same space I won't go through all my reasons why I but I believe that to be true I don't think I don't think it's just the dollars they're causing the decline in the number of people at work. There is no question in my mind that this, these data represent a labor shortage, not a lack of demand. Take a look, for example, I tweeted this out yesterday to you. I'm going to go back and find my chart again. Um, but. If you look at this chart that came from the Wall Street Journal, the number of people working at um, trans or average hourly earnings on a one-month change by industry, okay, um, if private hourly earnings were up seven tenths percent, but it wasn't because the higher-paid occupations rose faster. Manufacturing, which is the higher page, paid earnings, remember, those, we actually had a decrease in manufacturing. Wages went up six-tenths percent, but retail trade had wages go up by 1.4% in the month, leisure and hospitality by 1.6% in the month. Right? There's no question to my mind that that's a, that is a, that is the example that we have a, we have a supply problem. We, we have currently a supply problem. And offering higher wages is the, the answer to when, when the quantity is the quantity demanded is greater than the quantity supplied at, your, at this price. Normal competitive markets respond to that by having those who represent labor, labor demand, meaning firms bidding against each other. What businesses are upset about right now is that they're having to bid against the government. But I don't think they're just bidding against the government. 
Will some people respond to, will that be some of the response? For sure. For sure. We had the same thing happen in 2012. Where businesses were screaming, we can't get any workers because in some states, not all states, but in some states, unemployment insurance, which was triggered by the, by the unemployment rate in that state, caused an additional federal bonus payment to be made to workers in that state that state chambers of commerce were saying, that's why we can't find any workers. The government's paying them to stay home. Tell them to stop that. And policymakers said, well, what if you just paid them more? Could you do that? Well, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly possible to. And I do think you're seeing, seeing in some places, I'm reading stories where, where, where workers are being offered bonuses, you know, to come back to work. That's, that's, certainly, that's certainly possible out there. But there's a variety of explanations that are available here. And indeed, I'm going to actually go an extra moment to play this, this one clip. This is Douglas Holtz-Eakin, who has been an advisor. He, he worked as an economist in the uh, George W. Bush administration. He was uh, the chief economic consultant for uh, both the uh, uh, McCain and Romney campaigns. He now runs the American Action Forum. Uh, and... Um, and is a frequent guest on places like CNBC. And so this was from CNBC right after the jobs number was announced yesterday. Uh, Douglas holtz can cut seven, please. Um, uh, the first number is the, the very, very large decline in people working part-time for econ uh, economic reasons. That tells you there's demand out there. I mean, there's, there's been a ton of stimulus. There, there's money to be spent. There are uh, jobs openings all across the economy. So we don't have a demand problem at all. If you look at the labor force participation rate, it ticked up to 61.7. That gets us back to where we were in August in the pandemic. We're nowhere close to the 63.4 that was the high before the coronavirus arrived. That's the constraint on the economy, getting people back to work. And there are myriad uh, uh, factors there. Austin's right, I think, about uh, daycare and the schools. And uh, there's some people who are just flat out still afraid of the virus and unwilling to go back to work. And we do have the $300 federal bonus on top of the UI, which is just too rich for some uh, parts of the economy. And so uh, we're, we're going to have to deal with the supply side. That's, that's what's holding us back. So daycare and, 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 and what I would say is, is for many cases, this is, this is a question about are your schools actually open five days a week or are you having to juggle your work schedule with the schedule when your child is being sent out to teach? learn remotely. I was talking to a professor at, uh, a, at a Twin Cities University that is well known for, it's, a, it's, it's one of, our, one of the, uh, one of the uh, Christian institutions down, down in the greater uh, metro area. And even they are managing by having their, their students uh, flipping back and forth, so he teaches a Tuesday-Thursday class. Half his students come on Tuesday. The other half are on Zoom. On Thursday, they flip-flop. Well, imagine your, 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 your eight-year-old eight third grader is having that experience. And how do you manage yourselves as, as a family dealing with the fact that your child is home two to three days a week and needs to be needs to be uh, supervised. Not every school is even in this area, let alone let alone around the country. Not every school has that has that out there. So there are a lot of parents that and that may in fact be be staying at home still. Okay, we need to take a break here. I've run past my usual stop point here. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz 1440.
voiceover, zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the free Radio.com app. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means... Our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Ryan Rack, Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Welcome back to the Daniel Show, the Biz 1440. Job Saturday. So much talk about it. It's two hours of nothing but job support this week. Well, I might take the last segment. I, I got to talk about this stupidity with uh, stripping internet, uh, intellectual property rights from uh, Moderna and Pfizer. It, it's, it, it, I, I, I've got to say something about it. It, it, it actually should have been, it would have been, um, the story of the week if we had had a job report that wasn't this interesting. But this one really, really is interesting. I think so. I think there's a, a lot of people out there who are doing a misinterpretation of these data. Uh, one group is the group that's saying, oh, and it's largely from the business sector, the chambers and, the, and, and your local downtown councils and restaurants, restaurant trade associations, these unemployment insurance payments are awful, and they're keeping us from hiring workers. Well, as pointed out by uh, by an economist at, uh, at ADP, the people that do uh, payroll that payroll that uh, sell uh, payroll services, what you mean really is that you can't get because of these payments, you can't get people to work for you at the wage you're offering them. It's a pretty simple answer. Pretty simple answer. Pay them more. You can offer them more money, and they might come back for you then. 
And indeed, in previous recessions, we heard the same this same uh, story again back in 2012 and 2013. And what we saw was complaints, complaints, complaints. We can't hire, we can't hire, we can't hire. Then you'd look at the wage data, and the wage data wouldn't move. And it's like, wait a minute. If it's hard for you to hire workers at, at the wage you're offering, have you tried offering a little higher wage? And see if you can induce a few people to come on. And a lot of... And I'll tell you what. When I when I have this conversation with, with employers... Um, there's some there's some throat clearing or, or you or or the well you know you just don't understand you're just some egghead economist in a in an ivory tower it's like I have about 55 people who work for me here in the school I, I I'm not the one that I'm not the one that signs their paycheck because I work for the state but you know I have to make a decision I'm I'm evaluated on whether or not my school is uh, is operating in the black or the red. Um, and, you know, I, I think I've got some feel for your situation, sir, or ma'am. I've had these conversations with both. There's another group of people trying to tell a story out there, and that is, that is going to be the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is out telling stories because it's telling us what? It says we're not going to look at fighting inflation as long as the employment-to-population ratio, remember we played this with Jay Powell last week? Uh, employment-to-population ratio is got to make sub- substantial progress. I'm a big believer in the employment-to-population ratio. It's a hard number to, it's a hard number to game. It's a hard number to misinterpret. What share of the population over age 16 is currently working? And again, if you look at the labor force participation rates, they're still 1.6, 1.7 points below where they were before. That's certainly true. But if people are choosing not to work for some other reason, other than if they are choosing not to work for some other reason, eventually businesses have to pay higher wages that could filter through into inflation as businesses look at those wage increases and say I've got to mark up my products in order to cover my costs and that could show up in inflation anyway and I don't believe that inflation is transitory a third group that's out there telling stories is of course the current the current government of President Biden and his administration Janet Yellen was was out in it with a press con- gave a press conference yesterday after President Biden went out gave remarks and as I understand it did not take questions later like an hour later Treasury Secretary Yellen comes out gives a press conference she does take some questions but this is from her comments about the employment report and I'm just going to play three really small pieces of it to have you hear a little bit of of what she had to say in her in her statement. Let's play cut number one, please, Brian. Indeed, we've made remarkable progress. After all, one year ago, we learned we'd lost over 20 million jobs in one single month. I believe we will reach full employment next year. But today's numbers also show that we're not yet finished. Right. You still have 8 million left to go. You're 60% of the way there now. You're 60% of the way there. But I thought that was interesting. Where she says, I believe we'll reach full employment next year. It's not the belief at the Fed. The Fed, the Fed, which she used to be the chair of, is not looking at full employment until sometime much later, like 2023 or 20, even 2024. But, but somewhere in that area. She goes on, cut number two. Even though we're seeing sustained job growth now, more jobs ultimately will require more individuals to participate in the labor market. Yes. So are you going to argue that we need to encourage them to go into the labor market? Would that be be something you're interested in? Would you be interested, rather than giving people $300 a week not to work, 
to giving them maybe a bonus to go to work and stay employed for, dare I say, two months, three months? If you're paying them 300 a week to not work, suppose you told them, go to work, and if you keep that same job for four weeks, we'll send you 600 bucks. We'll send you half of the, we'll send you half of the, of what we would have sent you to not work. We'll pay you extra. Okay, that, that might encourage it. Any interest? Okay. Could you be, could, you could, you could go back here. You're working on an infrastructure bill. You're working on a family, the American Families Plan. Could that be part of it? As an encouragement to work, to pay people an employment bonus. Don't know. Possibly. Cut number three, please. Between February and April of 2020, 4.2 million women dropped out of the labor force, in large part due to an unexpected caregiving burden. Nearly 2 million have not yet returned. Yes. And there is the, there is the, is, I think, one of the key points. 2 million women who, who, you know what, play that cut again. I want to be sure I heard her say it the way I thought it did. Cut number three again, please. Between February and April of 2020, 4.2 million women dropped out of the labor force, in large part due to an unexpected caregiving burden. Nearly 2 million have not yet returned. I, I've, I've heard that now three times, and each time I hear it, I think something different. Um, you know what? Let's, let's take a break here. We're, we're, we're running past the bottom of the hour. So let's take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to pl- actually going to have him play it one more time. And let me run you through the three different things that could be going on there. Again, this is the It's Complicated edition of Jobs Saturday on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. Every day. The men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. 
No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. All right, my heart rate can take getting up there. 651-289-4477 with your questions and comments if you're interested um, in, in talking about why did the jobs market turn out not to be it just a wild miss. I had posted on Thursday night, if you follow our Twitter feed at pound KBRS, you can um, you can find my post from Thursday night that I thought the people saying there was going to be a million, which ended up being the consensus. I I said that just feels like we've gotten way ahead of ourselves. But I didn't think two sixty six. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say oh I had I had this number nailed and everyone else got it wrong. No, I didn't. But I thought I thought something in the five six seven hundred thousand range was much more likely than a million let alone a million plus. And I would be, but I wouldn't have been shocked by a million plus only because I'd been prepared for it. So it was interesting to me that they send the president out with a statement whereby he uses the, we're not going to play any of it. Uh, He uses the, 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 the disappointing number as why you need to pass more of his bills, the infrastructure bill, American Families Plan, um, you know, and why and why it was wise for him. I mean, he's actually he's actually quite unhappy about the criticism of the unemployment insurance running through September in the American Relief Plan, which he's taking a lot of grief from from the business community for right now. And so he sends out uh, uh, Janet Yellen, his Treasury Secretary, former Fed Chair. Um, and she's on, and she's talking about the, the, a particular piece of the issue. Remember, eight million fewer people working than were before, including approximately four to five million workers. Excuse me, about approximately three million workers fewer in the labor force than there was a year ago. If you look at that number about two of every three of them turn out to be female. And so she's talking about this, and again, let's play this cut one more time, because I have to tell you, I went through a number of things where I want to say, Secretary Yellen, it's a little more complicated than that. Play that cut one more time, please. Between February and April of 2020, 4.2 million women dropped out of the labor force, in large part due to an unexpected caregiving burden. Nearly 2 million have not yet returned. Now, there are a number of people who will listen to that and say, yeah, that's the schools. The schools are what did it. Everyone's having to stay home and take care of their kids, and that always falls on women. Not so fast. Not so fast. It's more complicated than that. In any market disruption, people are going to start changing jobs. Now, part part of what I see as being, I'm not sure I'm happy with using the word sclerosis of the U.S. economy, but part of this, part of this lack of dynamism, maybe that's the better word, but I was looking for a single word. Uh, maybe I just have to use that. Lack of dynamism in our economy is is because people seem less willing to move. I read a statistic the other day. Um, let me see if I can find it. I think I've got it on a screen here somewhere. Uh, um, 
Yes, here we go. Um, we've seen an increase in people staying in their homes longer. 13 years is the median, I believe. They don't want to go into community, retirement communities as much. They'd rather just age in place. 25% of homeowners have stayed in their home for more than 20 years, which is the highest share we have ever recorded. And that is from uh, Redfin's uh, chief economist uh, back about a week ago. Okay. Um, I think that is an interesting statistic. But it indicates that still in, a, in, a, in an upheaval, some people are going to change jobs and move to a new job. Now, more often, currently, not always, certainly, but more often, the one who has the job change is the husband of the family, the male, and the woman of the family. Again, more often than not, I'm not ignoring the fact that, that there can be women who are, who are the leading wage earner and the, and the husband's the trailing spouse. Okay, I'm not ignoring the fact that they can be same-sex couples. I'm sure that's all there. I'm just dealing with aggregate, aggregated data. And with aggregated data, I would say it's more likely that the person who has to lose their job gets uprooted to a new place and figure out a new job situation because their spouse has already found one in a new place is more likely to be female than male. And if, I, if you would agree with me on that, and then you think to yourself, is there anything more disruptive than these last 15 months, then it's very possible that there are going to be some women out of the labor force because, because the family moved. Not going to be just that. The other thing I would point out is we're seeing, according to recent surveys, this is this is survey data, and I should tweet these to you, these these stories to you. Um, that stories. Uh, uh, this is a story in Bloomberg uh, uh, on 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 Bloomberg's webpage. This is from this is from uh, late April. That uh, baby boomers are just retiring more and more. Two point seven million Americans, age fifty five or older are contemplating retirement years earlier than they'd imagined because of the pandemic. This is, from, this is from data that's collected by the Federal Reserve. They're more likely to be white, a group that typically has a large amount of accumulated wealth, and many cite robust retirement accounts and COVID-19 fatigue for their early, for their early exits. Um, it also noted, right, uh, two, 2.7, so, so the number of people expecting to work beyond age 67, which I'm telling you is right in my, right in my wheelhouse right now, um, uh, is, is down to the lowest it's ever been. Only one in three people currently expect to work beyond age 67. I'm one of them. I'm one of those one in three, 32.9%. 32.9% are there. Okay. So that could be a reason and a, a reason why you're seeing women exit the labor force because there are more women age 60 plus, 65 plus than there are men. It's not just it's not just the the child care issue. It's not and and, and frankly the 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 Biden administration is trying to use this as the reason why they want to have an infrastructure bill that includes $400 billion for child care. Um, on line one, we have Eric from Minneapolis asking a question about, about some of the things we've been talking about. Good morning, Eric. Welcome to the King Banyan Show. Uh, good morning, King. Um, hello to you. Uh, I uh, listen to your show uh, every week that I can. Enjoy it a great deal. Um, what I was, uh, what I wanted to ask is, uh, a little bit ago you were talking about. Uh, uh, she said something about uh, employment, full employment next year, and then you were talking about trying to 
uh, bribe the people to get them off of the uh, uh, extra 300 a week. And, you know, that's how I've always heard it. Bribe the people who are getting the extra. But no one said, but we're going to start giving the people who are working extra money. Yeah. Um, It's kind of getting tiring hearing bribing the people to get them off uh, the the, uh, uh, unemployment and nothing for the people who had been uh, working their butts off during this uh, COVID stuff. Well, Any I agree, ideas and on I, that at all? Or? I, I do. I, I mean, I think one idea would be to uh, continue to... Um, I would have thought, Eric, that... Uh, that a, a, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use this language uh, advisedly. A Democratic administration that seems to have some strong progressive values would have looked at people in what they called first responders and key people who were frontline workers when we told the retail workers that they had to stay in the stores because people still needed to buy their goods and all that. Why was there not some offer of extra assistance to them? Why did we just send $600 checks, $1,400 checks willy-nilly to every Tom, Dick, and Harry rather than looking at those particular sectors and say, say, uh, you nurse, you store clerk, you gas station operator, you're getting the money rather than these other folks. Could have done that. I'm surprised it never seemed to gain any traction at all as a, as a proposal. I, I have reasons why. My reasons are pretty mundane. I think it's just, I don't think they know how to do that. I don't think they know how to, I don't, I, the government seems to only know how to do one thing. Take everyone that sent them a tax return and send some money back to them. It, seem, it doesn't seem like they know how to do much else. Um, which is why I think, by the way, Eric, I don't think this idea I'm proposing, I don't think it has a snowball's chance of, of ever being being affected. Because what will happen at the end of the day is someone from the IRS or someone from, someone from the Department of Labor is going to come back and say, it's too hard. We can't really do that. We don't know how. Our, our administration doesn't, doesn't work that well. And so we're, it's not going to happen. But, but my point is, my point's this, right? Generally speaking, and Eric, thanks for the call. I think, because um, I got to run away to a break in a second. I think, in general, if you want people to do some action, providing them with incentives to do it from a public policy basis, if you want people to take some action, providing them a benefit to do so, providing them some kind of incentive is a good way to go. You want people to get more vaccine? Strap a $50 bill to the syringe. You want people to, you want people to, uh, to work more? Uh, give them money to, give them, we do, we pay overtime, right? To get you to work more than 40 hours. You want someone to get off the couch? Maybe you could go to the carrot or the stick. You can make them go look for work, that's the stick. Or you could just say, well, if you get off, if you get off unemployment and you get some and you get a job and you keep that job for four weeks, we're going to send you half what we would have sent you anyway. Pay them. It's the economist in me. It doesn't always sound like a lovely thing to do. So you would bribe people to put some dangerous drug of unknown efficacy and with unknown side effects in their arm? Yeah, you know what? I would. I would. And let people make the decision for themselves. That's the economist in me. If you don't like it, I'm probably not the right radio show for you to listen to. And you are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. We'll be right back. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. 
Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Listen to The King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9 here on The Biz 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, your monthly jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday morning live on The Biz 1440. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Biz 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back. Last five minutes of the King Banyan Show. Glad you could be with us today. Appreciate you being here. So, I, I mean, I I mean this sincerely. There are a lot of people when when they say, "Well, you just reduce everything to a number. You just reduce everything to dollars. You don't take into account human factors." And like, I I am, and I think I'm doing that right now. I think the decision to work is not simply a decision about dollars. There are people who are simply looking at the workplace and have just looked at it and said, you know what, I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't want to have to go to work and, and think about all kinds of things. And this, this moment of uh, thinking about getting sick by interacting with the public in the place that I work or interacting with my coworkers, not all of whom I am sure are taking good care of their own health, um, it's not for me. I don't want to do that anymore. And so the thought that we would wait to get back to some pre-pandemic number, I think is absurd. I don't know what the number is going to be going forward. My guess is it's going to be lower than it was in, in 2019. And will stay lower for some time because there's going to be some fraction that's some fraction, maybe one percent of the of the adult labor force of the adult population that says, "Yeah, pre-pandemic I probably would have got a job. Now I'm not." Could that be a million people? Could it be a million and a half people? I kind of think so. And these are the size numbers we're talking about. We're talking about a million and a half people that make up one percent of the workforce, thereabouts. Could it be a million and a half over the entire United States? I, I think so. But the dollars certainly matter. I'm not going to have time to do justice to the uh, to the particular story uh, regarding 
regarding uh, intellectual property rights in, in Moderna, but uh, just, just a very quick thought along the same line. It is the most amazing thing of 2020 that within, within a year, we were able to identify a virus, isolate the, isolate the, uh, the, the characteristics of that virus, and develop technologies, new technologies, that allow us to, to counteract it, to inoculate people against it, to provide a vaccine. It's amazing. They did not do it out of the goodness of their hearts. They did it with government money. They were paid lots of money. Operation Warp Speed included a big fat paycheck of $12 billion, which used to sound like a lot of money until we got around to all these bills that we're passing that have the T's in front of them. $12 billion now sounds like not a whole heck of a lot. But it was a lot to a small company like Moderna. It was even a lot to BioNTech and Pfizer. And they developed this in no small part because they said, we're going to use that technology and we're going to be able to use it and you're going to give us a jump start and now we're going to be able to earn income from it. And now all of a sudden, because we've, because we've decided we want we want that vaccine to be spread freely to other parts of the world that probably can't afford to pay the prices that Europe and the United States can pay. We tell Moderna and Pfizer, hey, thanks so much for that, but now we're going to strip your patent rights and you now just have to, you now have to share your secrets with everybody. That which they invested their time in, we're now going to just make them cough it up. Okay? I could talk, I could talk at length about this, but I want you to think about the next time we need a company like this, not just to conquer vaccines. I'm looking at this company right now, just reported a uh, pipeline company that just suffered a cyber cyber attack, and there's going to and about 50 million people who get fuel oil aren't going to be able to get it anymore. If we have them do that research to figure out how to stop these cyber attacks, and then you strip the intellectual property rights from that, do you think cybersecurity firms are going to spend much time trying to develop ways to stop this? I don't think so. That's the problem. And we'll just have to wait to talk about that more until next week. Brian, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Job Saturday here on the King Bang and Show on the Biz 14. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800 482 8399. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I've been thinking lately about the biblical principle of headship. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. One way to think about headship or authority is like an umbrella. If you're under a good authority figure, it's like standing under an umbrella during the rain. It's your job to stand under the umbrella, and it's the umbrella's job to protect you from the rain. Biblical authority is like a good umbrella. It won't leak or move, and it provides shelter. Our job as believers is to submit to biblical authority figures God has placed in our life, as long as it doesn't go against God's Word. Here at the Kingdom Builders, we don't sell umbrellas, but we do install shingle roofs. If you have a roofing need or want to talk about God's Word, please give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. Hi, this is PJ from PJ's Appliance Outlet, your local, family-owned, and operated appliance store. 
No matter where you live in the Twin Cities, PJ's is worth the drive. We're centrally located in Plymouth. Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new warrantied name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob or Jake or visit our website at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com where every deal is a steal. Business 